A reading from 1 Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am for you, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, you call us. You call us in the silence. You call us in our heart. You call us. Help us to answer and respond and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's lesson is the first in what's called a continuous reading in Samuel. And the Sundays that I'm here, other than vacation, I will be preaching out of the the series of Samuel. So you've already missed two chapters, so you can go ahead and read that at home. But I'll give you a, a Reader's Digest So Hannah and her husband could not have children, and she prayed to the Lord, and when Eli, the priest, saw her praying, he called and said, you are drunk, get out of here, and she said, I am not drunk, I am praying for a son, and he said, God will bless you, and God did, and then she made a promise that she would give the son to Eli when he reached the age of being weaned. So Eli was probably two, maybe three, when he came to the temple. And the story gets complicated in chapter two. Eli was old, and he said he couldn't see, and I'll talk about that in a minute. He had problems with his kids, Uh, they were stealing the best offerings, burnt offerings. They were 
abusing the women who would serve in the temple. They were doing other things, disregarding Eli's word, and not being very good kids. Eli then has Samuel to come. Samuel hears the voice of God. He thinks that it is Eli. He runs to Eli three times. Eli, even though he has not been as faithful as he could have been as high priest, understands that it is God's voice and that Eli had not heard God's voice yet, didn't understand it. So he told Samuel to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Eli says, Speak, for your servant is listening. And then Samuel starts his prophetic ministry and becomes a prophet for the, that church. I'd like to bring out and focus on a couple details in that text, because sometimes we read the words so quickly that we don't figure out what's actually being pointed out. The first thing I want to point out is probably the saddest verse in the whole Bible. And it is, the word of the Lord was rare, and visions were not frequent. Or, the word of the Lord was precious, and visions were not frequent. So, that word rare, precious, is usually reserved for jewels, or an idea that something was very expensive because it was in short supply. In the book of Judges, just before this, there is political chaos going on. And then in this book, chapter 2, Eli's sons are helping the word of God to be silent. The word of the Lord was rare. Eli's eyes are dim. Eli is old by this time, and it says that he could not see but also it might infer that Eli's spiritual life was blinded because of the sins of his son. And it says Samuel was confused, really confused, because of the calling of God. Three times Samuel responds, here I am, and the fourth time he goes to God. Samuel was obedient and was enthusiastic, but he misunderstood Eli's voice for God's voice. Actually, I just said that backward. Flip it. He misunderstood God's voice for Eli's voice. And the explanation is that he was young in his faith. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Know the Lord, did not know the Lord. The commentators say that phrase is rather difficult, and they said the best way to understand it is to 
name characters in the Bible who did not know the Lord. Not knowing the Lord was Pharaoh in Exodus, that generation who lived after Joshua in Judges 2, the sons of Eli in 1 Samuel 2, and the Judeans who were put into exile, Jeremiah 8. So Samuel was placed with those who did not know the Lord. And in that same verse is one word that changes the meaning, and that is yet. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, meaning there would be an enlightenment. So what do we learn from this text? The first is, it's very easy to miss God's call or say that God's call is the result of someone else. Most people who have a call to serve God or a a call to know God, it's probably not a major disruption in their life. To know God usually comes in a quiet, slow awakening that ends up in action. It might be a call to serve an office in the church. It might be a call to serve against an injustice that needs to be addressed. It might be a task that needs attention. And so Samuel is an example of a time of uncertainty until we understand that God is speaking. Samuel needed an Eli to tell him who was speaking, to tell him that he should say, Yes, Lord, here am I. We, too, need one another to tell us when God is speaking. When we talk to one another and you have an idea and you share it with someone and then they say yes. We need the community of faith to be living out our faith, to be sharing what we know with each other, to be doing what needs to be done. Jane told me a story between churches as we were coming. It was eight minutes after eight, church had already started. Someone who will name nameless drove in late, and she watched them walk towards the church. And as they were walking towards the church, they kneeled down and pulled out some weeds and then went into the church. It's important that we see something that needs to be done and then do it. The second lesson, God uses outsiders. Samuel was an outsider. Eli's sons were born of the priestly line. It was their birthright, their calling to serve in the temple. And yet, They didn't use that calling to serve God. 
They used it for their own gain and their own selfishness. Now, there's a good example of that. A certain pastor is asking his congregation to raise $38 million so he can have a new jet. Now, I want... Two new jets, no. So you don't use the church for your own gain. Because God will use outsiders. God is a God who surprises. God is the one who chooses the unexpected ones. Jacob wasn't known. Joseph wasn't known. Moses wasn't known. David wasn't the one whom they thought would be king. But God made the choice. Jesus didn't call those who were serving in the temple. Jesus called fishermen and laborers to be the disciple. We in the church, we living in our community, we who have the word of God, We need to hear it, or God will work outside of the church. The third point talks about the wilderness experience. The people came out of the wilderness, went into the promised land, and everything was perfect, right? No. They fell away from God. Even though we receive God's call to serve, there is a danger that we fall away. Samuel had the word of God spoken. And the word was that Eli and his sons were to be judged. The next morning, Eli asked him, What did God say? And the word was, you're going to be judged, your sons. So hearing God's call often involves us in working to change the human systems that are around us, that are broken, and may lead us into a difficult path. So what do we do with God's call? It often comes when we least expect it and to us who least understand what it's about. God is the God of surprises. So we hear God's word, and then what do we do? How do we listen How does God talk back to us? How do we teach one another to hear what God is saying? Father Thomas Keating says this about listening to God. Silence is God's first language. Everything else is a poor translation. In order to hear that language, we must learn to be still and to rest in God. Samuel was a little kid. 
he had that ability to rest. He had that ability at night, sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant, to listen. But someone taught him, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That was Eli. Samuel was taught to listen. How does that happen to us? Do you hear God's word? Are you taking time in prayer to be silent, to listen? Are we taking time to discern when many of us come together to discern what God is wanting us to do? This story causes the church to stop, to find silence, and then to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Silence is not something that we have easily in our culture. The early desert fathers in Egypt, sort of a monk style of living, had to learn silence also. How to hear God speak and then put it into action how to hear the call and then do the response between hearing the word and being obedient. So this story takes place. Some brothers, those are people who are part of the Desert Fathers, some brothers who had some seculars with them. Seculars would be someone who did not belong to the Desert Fathers. Some brothers who had some seculars with them went to see Abba Felix, Father Felix. And they begged him to say a word to them. But Abba Felix kept silent. And they asked him for a long time. And finally he said, Do you wish to hear a word? And they said, Yes, Abba. And then the old man said, There are no more words nowadays. When the brothers used to consult the old men, and when they did what was said to them, God showed them how to speak. But now, since they ask without doing that which they hear, God has withdrawn the grace of the word from the old men, and they do not find anything to say because they are, there are no longer any who carry out their words. And hearing this, the brothers groaned, Pray for us, Abba. So we have a call, and we have a response. Part of that response is silence, and part of it is how to respond. For Samuel, the call was at night. In the temple. And if you read it carefully, you'll see that God really doesn't ask Samuel to do anything. All it says is God told Samuel, 
what was going to happen. Samuel had to decide the next morning, would he share the word of God with Eli, the one who was his mentor, the one who told him who God was, or would he not? Samuel told Eli his sons would be punished. Samuel is probably the first prophet of doom in the Bible. And supposedly as we read these texts coming, we will see a lot more doom from Samuel. So is it any different for us in the night when God calls us? Is it any different than Samuel receiving a call? It's the same purpose. God calls us to be near us, to make a home with us, to settle into the very center of our life, or as David said, into our heart. That is where the Word and God dwells.